0: Welcome to the Sports Cannabis Chat. This is your host, Jai Rosario. Cannabis and sports have played a role in each other's lives from the get-go. Surrounded in a cloud of misunderstanding and stigma, today's sports and athletes are making waves in the cannabis industry. Every day presents a new opportunity to break barriers, advocate for cannabis, and use your voice. Let's shift the perception and remember to hashtag Break the Stigma. The cannabis industry is evolving quickly. It's becoming harder for brands to create meaningful campaigns, connect with their core audience, and push the needle forward. Contact the reps at www.treehubesolution.com to learn more about the digital marketing solutions they can provide for you today. Sports cannabis is a platform for athletes to break barriers, spark meaningful conversation with an emphasis on education and awareness. Today, athletes, pro athletes, as well as now sporting leagues, are looking to cannabis in one way or another. For years, pro athletes haven't been able to access a plant that could help alleviate the pressures of a regular training schedule, demanding hours and injuries. The traditional methods consisted of a cocktail of remedies that had short-term and long-term side effects that are proven to be detrimental to these athletes and their careers. Today on Sports Cannabis, we have Riley Cote, he's a legend, he's known as an enforcer, he's an entrepreneur, he's a co-founder of a non-profit organization, he's a groundbreaker within the cannabis world. It's great to connect with you on Sports Cannabis again, Riley. How are you doing? You know, it's been a minute. Where are you joining us from today?
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, It's it's nice to reconnect with you. I'm in uh, Newark, Delaware right in the moment. Um, I'm just outside of Philadelphia.
0: So, you know, I've been keeping an eye on your channels as, as I know a lot of our listeners have been doing as well. You are always active. You're always pushing forward, always pushing a positive message, you know, into society. Have you adjusted to the new climate? And how's everything going?
1: Well, it's been interesting, to say the least. <laughs> thank God, I've had a, a, a pretty solid meditation practice uh, pre-COVID that's helped me, uh, uh, you know, get through this. And you know, thank God for cannabis and some of these other, uh, you know, medicinal tools. But nonetheless, uh, it's been an adjustment uh, for sure. You know, obviously a few banana peels thrown—not uh, just for myself. I think this, is, this goes for everybody. Obviously, just readjusting and adapting to the new world, if you call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, things are kind of coming back around and kind of piecing back together in my world. So it's uh, it, it's, it's, it's been a test, you know, it's, it's certainly been a challenge, um, but I've always been up for challenges. Not that I would ever wish COVID on anybody or this to ever happen again, but that's um, the way the world works, I guess, sometimes it just throws curveballs and us as humans have to adapt
0: and talking about taking on challenges you know for a lot of our listeners or anyone growing up they followed your hockey career you know what was it about hockey that ultimately hooked you and pushed you to create a career out of it and say this is going to be what i want to do for a better part of my life
1: i think it was just my passion for the game you know from a young age started playing hockey at four organized hockey at five and just uh I just loved it. You know, I'm not exactly sure in the moment why I loved it. It was, you know, being part of something um, bigger than me. It was, you know, there was a team aspect. There was, you know, a a creativity component to it. Mm -hmm. There was, um, you know, just uh, some some sense of freedom, I guess, uh, you know, especially on the pond, you know, early in my career. Um, And then became a Winnipeg Jets fan and, you know, started following hockey. And I guess it just kind of consumed me, you know, you know, in growing up and just, uh, you know, as early as I can remember, I wanted to be a hockey player. I wanted to be an NHL hockey player. Um, so, yeah, it was just one of those things. That I just continued to, to pour in effort into it and started to understand commitment and committed to, um, you know, being a part of, uh, you know, elite teams and, and trying to be on the best teams and, and travel teams and the whole bit. Eventually took me to the Western Hockey League, moved away from home when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm you know, in, in anticipation of getting drafted to the NHL. Um, that never happened. Um, and then that was kind of when I had to readjust my sales, if you will, and and realize that I had to do something a little bit different than I had been doing um, in my whole life, which was, you know, thinking I was a, you know, an elite hockey player, you know, I think I had some of the pieces to being one maybe, but um, I realized that my skill level wasn't near what it needed to be to be a high a high end uh, you know skill skill guy goal scorer whatnot. So that's when I kind of took on the role in the uh, of the enforcer, and uh, it was it was definitely um, an interesting adjustment to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was so driven, I was just so you know just so dead set on making the NHL that I would do whatever I had to, and that was one of them. <laughs> you know, I just f- fight fight my way up uh, the, the pro ranks by so any means necessary. Yep, exactly.
0: Yeah, so you've taken on hockey by any means necessary. It's in your life. And like you're saying, very early on, you are known as an enforcer. That's what you made a name out of. You've talked about, you know, the brutal schedules, the wear and tear. And during that era, a lot of the time, painkillers, opioids, different solutions were being prescribed. You know, NFL athletes that have come on this show have talked about the T train. I was wondering if you could talk about how prevalent that scene was around you during the time when you were playing.
1: Yeah, so I never really got introduced to that world until I turned pro. So from 16 to, you know, to 19, it was, I was playing junior hockey. I guess, you know, I, I guess I, you know, in, in, in that world, it was never really a, a thing. You know, maybe post surgery and whatnot. But uh, you know, turning pro it opened my eyes to what world we're living in because I think you know the sports world is just a microcosm of what's really going on in society. Is that. You got people in pain—physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain—and they're looking to self-medicate. You know, and booze is obviously ingrained in the culture of hockey and sport and society. But then all of a sudden, there was this like pharmaceutical world of, oh yeah, muscle relaxer, anti-inflammatory, painkiller, sleep aid—you um, know, all these things that were you know um, available, and just and so easy, you know, because now all of a sudden I was a pro, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, everyone was twenty. 20 and up, you know, and, um, and I guess you were treated like adults, quote unquote, I'm not really sure exactly what that means. But um, nonetheless, it was just like, it was just kind of there. And, uh, and it was so acceptable. Um, And I look back, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that there was some understanding of cannabis, at least that relationship that I had with cannabis, maybe was like net neutral, as far as like, how bad it could have gone had I not had that relationship. But I did get swallowed up in it, thinking that, oh, this is a substitute for cannabis. I can just take this on the bus. I can just take this to sleep and I can just wash it down with this. And This is what everyone else is doing, so it must be okay.
0: Having the ability to kind of just be able to easily get prescription drugs or these different solutions that are going to help you get through the day, sleep easier, perform, you know, without any any feeling of bruising or wear and tear... You know how detrimental were these applications to athletes during their career and more importantly after their career
1: well it was uh, it was both. Um, I think these are short-term solutions. I think these are really made for like emergency situations type of type of deal but yeah uh, I, I think the long term is far far more severe than 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 the short term um, you know as far as mental health stuff goes, substance abuse goes but you know, I think they're there for again. If there, if, there, if there's a real need for it, you know, I say I say always go back to playoffs. But you know, you know, in the playoffs is kind of when like, okay, well now now would be the time to maybe if if we need it to, to use it. But what happens is that when it's so readily available, is that it just becomes the go-to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, it just doesn't work as well as it should because now you become dependent, and then there's some tolerance, and and, and you gotta take more, and then you know, you kind of go down these different rabbit holes, but I think, I I think the athlete has become much wiser and more Mm -hmm. conscious about um, their bodies and and, and their minds and and essentially their spirits as well. I think they're much more mindful all around, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, back in in my era and uh, again, there was an era much darker than mine, (laughs) and don't get me wrong, Um, but it was just, again, it's just easy, easy in the moment solutions and you're not really thinking about the long-term effects really are you not even conscious of the, the short term effects because God knows these things really don't help improve imp- performance you know mm-hmm. what I mean Like they, they really don't compared to some of these other natural alternatives as far as if you really want to talk about a really deep proper sleep you know what I mean a real a true natural anti-inflammatory and pain management tool um, you know, it's kind of like we hit the bullseye in the wrong target
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, w- with that world. But it's, it's it's gobbled up a ton of people. Uh, you know, and then you mix in booze on top of all of it. You know what I mean? Which you're washing down these pills at the bar after, uh, you know, a hard-fought game, uh, which is extremely destructive. Uh, so, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's changing slowly. You know, there's a lot more awareness around it all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think there's more, you know, more cannabis users and, you know, all-natural type of athletes than there were... You know, five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, you know what I mean. I think it's just, it's slowly evolving, but there's been a ton of destruction and uh, needless uh, addiction that's uh, you know gobbled guys up along the way.
0: You know, one thing that you talked about was the fact that the game is evolving. That players are looking for natural modalities, natural paths to help them feel clean, healthy. And also rejuvenated every day throughout the you know long strenuous career that they do endure eventually you start to incorporate cannabis as a body of modalities to create a complete full circle solution for yourself can you talk to us about when you first started using cannabis for recovery and relief and what your aha moment what that light bulb moment was for you
1: you know I think the light bulb moment for me was my last year in 2010 at the end of the season um, years old and I had two surgeries and that's when I proved to myself that I could I could you know take care of myself post-surgery with just cannabis so I just threw away the prescriptions and just used cannabis so it was in that moment that I realized when I kind of look back on my career and my life and said, wow I'm like this I could have been using this the whole time just this the whole time and not, none of this other stuff um, had I been a little bit wiser um but that was it was in that moment that i realized wow this is like you know th- this is it this is my path and i you know and i haven't touched a pharmaceutical since then um so it was it was in that moment that i kind of h- had that aha moment but you know you know i guess maybe a few months before that which really gave me the confidence to to take that step was a book called hemp for health which kind of like pieced everything together mm-hmm. as far as my experiences with cannabis the science, um, the neuroprotectant properties—again, me being a banger and a fighter, in mm-hmm. over two hundred hockey fights. When I started making sense of you know the pain management component, the infl- inflammation component, and the neuroprotectant properties, it was like I'm all in. I trust this more than any other garbage that I've been you know tossed. My has been tossed my way in my hockey career in my life. So it was just an you know I got going on a gut feeling. I said intuition. I guess intuition was wasn't so much intuition. It was more just kind of connecting the dots based on my um, experience prior to that, and um, and and just and just kind of like just making a decision that this is the way I was going to manage my pain and inflammation going forward. And, And I did that, and it's been extremely successful. And and you know, then after that, you're able to kind of even get more creative with not just dosing Mm -hmm. um, of THC, but, you know, the combination of these other minor cannabinoids as well as, you know, terpenes and then, you know, throughout the day, like, you know, timing and, you know, and, and the whole bit, you know, it just kind of just changed my life for sure.
0: You know, we started this conversation talking about the moment that you ended your professional hockey career and started a new career. As an entrepreneur, for a lot of athletes, this transition can be challenging, not only from them from a mental standpoint, but also because it may have been easier, you know, cheaper like we alluded to, to getting the pharmaceutical treatments. And upon retirement, it's harder. The injuries are still there, the wear and tear, it's still added up. And despite the career ending, the body continues to ache, it breaks down. Do you believe the NHL or leagues like the NHL have done enough for athletes to help transition to the next step of their career?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think any of these leagues have done enough. There's surface level stuff that they offer that's you know this kind of smoke and mirrors like showing you know that they that they're doing something. but to me, the game's gobbled up way too many guys. you know, when I say the game, it's like it's not really, yes, it's an organization uh, you know that has a hierarchy, but you know they're just kind of slaves to the laws and the medical protocols that are essentially around in society for everyone right I mean mm-hmm. they're they're not you know they don't have special exemptions because they're you know they're, they're a hockey organization so that being said it's a it's a much bigger problem than 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 the hockey community or the sports community right
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but uh, that being said um they've they've let down way too many guys you know way too many guys misleading guys um and again you know, when you talk about the culture of hockey and and its relationship to alcohol, and how many guys have gone Mm -hmm. down with that. And then again, the pill mill, I think they've, you know, really tried to, you know, curb that and and, and be more responsible with their their prescriptions. Uh, But you know, at the end of the day, it's like when you retire, it's out of sight out of mind It's like, does the organization really give a shit about you? No, Does the NHL really give a shit about you? No, You know, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, um, well, we have some resources for you. Come see your team doctor or or not even our team doctor. It's like the lead doctor or, you know, whatever else. But it's just not progressive enough. I think Mm -hmm. the cat's out of the bag, especially with cannabis and cannabinoids. And you talk about now the psychedelic revolution with, you know, whether you're talking with psilocybin mushrooms or or, or some of these other available um, psychedelics. But, you know, I think there's enough science out there for them to be a little bit more proactive with them. You know, with these uh, with these tools, and I know they. You know, NHL alumni associations um, struck a deal. You know, a couple years ago with uh, canopy growth, and Mm -hmm. they're supposed to study the brain and CBD and the the whole bit. But I still haven't seen anything out of that. You know, I haven't seen any actual, tangible evidence that they're helping anybody with that. But that being said, just the conversation around cannabis and the age of information and social media and, and, and alternative news is, I think everyone's pretty much aware now at this point (laughs) it's without the nhl yeah i mean they figured it out i mean you look at current modern day nhl players i would say 95 percent of them are using some sort of cannabis-based product it's not because the nhl or the or the the, the teams themselves are actually telling them to use them they're just they're just wiser than the system right
0: in the nhl you know upper management has had their stigma around cannabis their views and perceptions of cannabis that are quite negative. I've heard numbers like 60 to 70% of players are using cannabis just quite silently. Do you think that's accurate and how openly accepted is it amongst coaches and owners?
3: Well I think uh, things have changed a lot you know even from when I retired in 2010 um, and I know this because I communicate with current players as well as current coaches and uh, I like to think that number is much higher. When you talk about cannabis-based product it's not necessarily just THC. I think, you know, in my era, mm-hmm. you know, my early 20s, there was nothing more than just, you know, dry flour. You know, I think it was later in my pro career that, that I've seen the first, you know, oil, you know, uh, you know resin type of pen that was floating around. And now you got, you know, transdermal patches and tinctures and topicals and all these different delivery systems and all these different type of Cannabinoid ratios and, and terpene profiles, and so like for me, um, you know, knowing that most of these guys are using some sort of CBD product, you know, whether it's full spectrum or isolate or a combination of both, um, you know, a, in conjunction with some sort of THC product. I mean, I, I would think between the two worlds, mm-hmm. I think the numbers got ninety percent of these players. These guys are very wise, including coaching staff,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: they're more on the C. Side of things, but they're very well aware of their players using not just CBD but THC. In fact, I've heard several jokes about it. But nonetheless, they're almost um, more in the in, in the thinking that this is better for them in the long term anyway than the short term. It's more of a re- actual true recovery tool. I you know I think the mindset has changed from you know, leaving practice and going to the local bar and burying yourself all day and going to sleep and, and, and or um, versus. Using cannabis, and I say this has got to be used in a mindful manner. That's always the way it needs to be educated and taught. But, um, you know, that these guys are using cannabis and going to bed earlier mm-hmm. and getting proper nights rest. And again, the anti inflammatory properties and the neuroprotecting properties essentially making these guys um, a better athlete. or so at least, a h- higher performing athletes the next day and the next day and recovering better. So, uh, the number is significantly higher when I played because of just the, the, the diversity of products. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know for myself, um, you know, every league that I played in at the pro level, whether it was Central Hockey League, East Coast Hockey League, American Hockey League, mm-hmm. and the NHL, there was at least 50% of the guys that were, you know, open about it, you know, using just traditional dry flower cannabis. So, um, you know, there's just so much more information and education and, and again, product development out there that, um, that number is way higher, way higher. You know, these guys are so mindful. Uh, they pour so much time and effort into building strong, durable bodies. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, and, you know, and 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 that is their livelihood. Their physical body is their livelihood. So they need to, you know, keep it. <laughs> they need to keep it intact and healthy. So I
0: think 100. they're very. That, 100 percent you know it's great to see times are progressing with the provisions for cbd are you happy with the progression and do you hope thc may join the list in the near future the reason why i'm asking is because there's been scientific evidence showing that a one-to-one ratio of thc to cbd can be effective approach for treating cte injuries so you know with that in mind how far off do you think we are before we start to see thc openly accepted and do you believe that's in the near future
3: yeah you know i think it's in the near future i think you know the the, the challenge with thc is really that respect value um you know whether it's say in a clinical setting or even at home right i mean that's always the challenge is like how much thc is, is enough to you know really increase the value of the medicine itself and i am a huge believer in at least a small amount of THC in your cannabis-based product. If you're gonna remove the THC, to me, like you're removing some of the essence of the healing and, and some of the plant. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, you know, that being said, there's certainly a fine line, and I've, you know, I, and I've been challenged with this my my whole life. Is like, what is that fine line of how much THC do you need, and then how much THC actually starts working against you? Mm-hmm. And if you talk to real mind about it you know it's, it's a very fine line there because you know the the psychotropic effect of THC can, can you know kind of work against you in that moment where you know you're not necessarily getting productivity out of, out of it you might be getting you know, healing um, but nonetheless we don't want to overdo it you know we've all had an, an experience with too much THC and you you know your belly up on your couch and, and I say belly up it's not like you're, you're dying or anything but you're not overly productive and then we've all had the experience of maybe eating eating too much THC where it gives you some sort of, of a hangover the next day or you, you know not necessarily like an alcohol hangover, but a little bit foggy, you know, not mm-hmm. as alert as you'd like to be. You know, so that being said, is like there, there is a fine line. you said CTE, and you know obviously when you're, when you're treating disease states or you know real true medical conditions, that acceptance for THC is a little different than we're talking about. Just like just standard daily recovery. Right. So Mm -hmm. if it was in the, it was in the context of healing a brain injury, um, obviously more THC could be acceptable, Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously find find that balance of healing as well as being human and, you know, living your, your, your life as, as best as you possibly can. So I don't think we're too far off. I think, I think as far as CBD, um, in the locker room, where you know actually actually you know prescribed or recommended and and kind of gone through the the medical protocols is probably not too far off. I mean, it might be a year away. Um, THC was in the locker room. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure um, how, how that looks or plays out again. Like, yep. Yeah. Again, maybe maybe in like in the in the context of full spectrum CBD oil, which you're talking about between say well legally 0. 0.3, three percent THC. I know there's a lot of people lobbying to get that number up to one percent. I don't think in within the locker room would you ever need more than one percent mm-hmm. um, you know I think then it gets you know in, into the conversation of outside the locker room and then it's like after the fact so after after a hard game are we you know are we consuming THC um, for recovery and, and, and repair I and mean, probably a lot of these guys
2: mm-hmm. and then
3: how much is too much? Mm-hmm. Um, but then going back to your, you know, comment about you know actually treating CTE with this, I think that's more like I don't want to say it's in a clinical setting. It can be, but it obviously it'd be at home at some point too, and that's a completely different conversation. It's just now we got to be honest: what we what the intention is—is is it just to to recover from a you know an athlete standpoint, or is it to to treat a brain injury? Mm-hmm. Then it's a different conversation. Might even have much more CBD in there as well, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we're too far off. I think you know there's a lot of science emerging from both you know Israel and Canada now, obviously with with their laws and you know, people are becoming aware of you know the science of both of these compounds, including others. I think CBG is another one um, that's becoming more popular for brain you know brain function and and healing the brain. So um, you know they're they're even with the same plant we're talking about. Yeah, it, it, it's always tension. You know what are we trying to accomplish here? Right? Mm-hmm. It's just basic recovery. Obviously, the dosing and, you know, what we're uh, putting into our bodies um, is, is a lot different. It looks a lot different than if you're treating a brain injury or some other disease.
0: Yeah. No, I, I was asking, you know, you're talking about a fine line. I know for me, I, I suffer from Crohn's disease, so one-to-one ratio is something that I adhere to. It's what helps me get through a flare-up or something of that nature. But I know it can be different for everyone. <laughs> Are you curious about the cannabis industry? Stream the first five seasons of The Shake Podcast on Apple today. The Shake Podcast interviews cannabis leaders and companies pushing the industry forward globally. Stream directly from Apple or on www.triosolution.com today. We're talking about that fine line, something that you alluded to. You know, cannabis has been plagued with societal issues. We've seen unique groups, unique platforms shed light on different initiatives clemency projects that they've taken on it's crazy to think that people are in jail from cannabis related issues while others are outside prospering from it how critical is education despite policy changing and have we done enough well
3: no i don't think we've done enough you know i think you know there, there needs to be uh, you're seeing it happen in the u.s here where they're, they're legalizing it and they're having these you know these clemency type of you know, projects happening and you know the politicians are as long as it's you know just uh, you know marijuana crimes, um, you know possessions, you know small possession stuff, they're 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 letting them out of the jail, which as they should. You know I think historically this has been a, a you know a racial issue, so I mean I think we need to make right with you know the black communities. Even the Hispanic community, I think those two communities have been, you know, probably hammered the most by pe- cannabis prohibition.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, um, it's, it's interesting times, you know. It goes from, like, a black market to a gray market and then, you know, in, 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 into a legal market. Um, but there's still, again, in the U.S., it's still a Schedule One drug, you know. And um, I know it's, it's probably going to change within this year as far as maybe a medical program in the U.S. But nonetheless, there's a lot of people that have been affected negatively, um, by prohibition. Um, you know that being said, it shouldn't never been out loud in the first place, right? I mean, it's uh, you know it's nothing more than a political uh, play to preserve you know the pharma industry and to, you know, mm-hmm. to fill up the private. Pre- so um it's pretty dark when you when you when you break it down, but um, I think the cats out of the bag overall We're now we're wise enough to see the damage that it's caused. the war on drugs all around has failed, not just cannabis. I mean, it's it's just a huge failure in fact, increases more mental health issues and more addiction and more, you know, more gang, you know, gang type of and, and mob crime and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I think now it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's fixing the past as much as you possibly can and, and recognizing the mistake in it and releasing people from prison as long as, you know, it was, it was just like, you know, you know, petty, you know, petty possession and not, no, not, not violent crimes or whatever else. Obviously it's a different story. But then, but then also, like really highlighting like this as you say, not not just a not just like a a back end healer, but a prevent you know really a true preventative measure. You know, Mm -hmm. I think if people were introduced to this in a very mindful way, like I know I'll be teaching my children this, and it's like okay, well you got to respect everything, right? I mean that's just like what humans need to understand. Mm -hmm. You got you got to respect everything, you know whether it's whether it's food or water or fire. You know, or cannabis or, or mushrooms or whatever it lands up being, right? There has to be a respect value for it. But if it's taught in a mindful way and it's taught to be used when, you know, if you have pain or, you know, you can't sleep and, you know, you're actually taught the proper ratios, I think you could limit a lot of these, you know, these substance abuse issues and a lot of these mental health issues where a lot of people just don't know. And then they're therefore they're self-medicating with substances they don't even understand, even though they might be legal. Alcohol being, you know, the, the primary, mm-hmm. um, or, which are very destructive to the brain and very destructive for mental health. And we fully accept that as, as as something that's normal, right? I mean, so no much problem. so that People you
0: pass. we watch a Super Bowl and you yeah. see ads for alcohol, but you'll never see a CBD ad or anything in that nature. It's, well, that's it. It's wild.
3: Yeah. that's how much work we have to do is like the things that we promote as normal and and okay are in fact part of the problem you know and then we're hiding the solution you know or part of the solution i'm not going to say sit here and say it's going to fix everything um but nonetheless it needs to be a balance they both need to be in 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 play if if we're going to have a a mentally well society right i mean and right now we we're mentally ill i mean it's like the society is 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 getting deeper into depression and and into darkness you know so um, that, and that's because there's so much fusion right? i mean you, i think i would say both you and i and everyone else you know in, in this younger generation of cannabis users
2: mm-hmm.
3: were not taught the right way to use cannabis we were not we, in fact we were all taught that it was bad it was the devil's lettuce They stay away from it it'll ruin your life you know what i mean but the people that actually explored it and figured it out on their own Mm-hmm. Um, are the ones that understand they're probably in the space now, you know what I mean? Versus, you know, listening to the, the man in the church and whoever else is preaching that, you know, this is the devil's lettuce and then that alcohol is okay. It's like just it's so much there's so much wrong with that narrative, you know what I mean? It's, it's so anti-scientific, it's scary. And um, unfortunately, it's gobbled up so many people along the way, that way of thinking. So I think we can do a better job of, of educating the youth, at least of like the, the, the risk versus the reward, Mm-hmm. And um, you know, then it's controversial. But nonetheless, it, kids have no problem drinking at 15 years old.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So you know, it, we have to be honest with what what we're introducing our children to. I see it all the time. Where I've seen a three-year-old baby drinking a full-on, you know, a, a full-on Coca-Cola Pepsi. You know what I mean? And it's Like that's you know, to me, it's the definition of a Schedule One drug. No medical value and highly addictive. We yeah. have no problem. Uh, youth, you know, think like that and and, and get involved in, in daily behaviors like that, which you land up being addictions down the road, or you probably already are. And, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, the next thing is like booze. It's like, okay, well, no problem introducing my child to booze because that's the way I grew up. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they don't teach, them, you know, the repercussions of booze either. And then therefore, you know, they're always going to live a life of addiction versus if, if cannabis... With introduced in a mindful manner. Again, the key word being mindful here. With intention, Mm -hmm. what are we trying to accomplish, and how are we going to accomplish it? Then all of a sudden, you know, the thinking changes, and therefore they're just more aware of, you know, how that product makes them feel. Mm -hmm. And as they move forward and grow, they're able to kind of figure out themselves what works for them. Because my relationship with cannabis has evolved since I was fifteen, obviously, and it still continues to evolve. I think as as you, you know, uh, understand it more and you, and you, you know, tap into that healing and you kind of take care of some of the things you're trying to accomplish, you don't need as much. You know what I mean? I I use more CBD than I I do THC now, or in fact, before it was all THC, no CBD, you know what I mean? So, uh, I've been able to kind of like, you know, use that crutch and slowly get rid of that crutch. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that's the whole point of this is that these, these tools are that just to, Kind of help people walk, help people get to that next step, help people get to the yoga mat, help people get to that you know that that seat for meditation, and be able to kind of like do the work within. Because if we're just going to continue to rely on outside sources, we're never going to really fully heal. So I think again that I you know gets pretty deep there, but um, you know we it's, it's 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 at the end of the day it's about harm reduction. Mm-hmm. You know drug diversity <laughs> And, and and mindfulness and consciousness. to me, cannabis is a conscious forming plant versus alcohol, which is the opposite. you know, the more you drink, the more unconscious you become eventually you'll pass out.
0: You're talking about mindfulness, right? You're talking about education, the fact that we need to push this awareness out there in order to be able to foster the conversation. You've done a considerable job amplifying the mission, you know, your mission on several different platforms. You've also established yourself as a content creator. You know, we've spoken about earlier about the challenges that were presented as an athlete transitioning to post-career. You you've managed to take that on uh, full stride, and you've talked about, you know, continuously taking on tools and using them and leveraging them to really help amplify your message. Can you talk to other athletes right now a little bit about how you've been able to navigate those waters and which platforms you find are the most effective.
3: So it's, uh, it's it's been a little bit of an evolution for me, but nonetheless, um, it's kind of again a, I speak, you know, a little bit on, on the spiritual side, um, probably a little bit more than most people would like. But <laughs> I, I got to go there because we are spiritual beings, you know, living this physical existence. But I think what's what's happened is that we haven't really fulfilled, you know, the spirit. You know, what I mean, we're mm-hmm. living in this egocentric, materialistic world. But I think. Um, there's certain things that that help people heal and and become better people and and grow when they're actually fulfilling their spiritual needs. And that, you know, one of the biggest ones that I've learned, um, you know, studying you know yoga and and and, and shamanism is like uh, the use of creativity. You know, we're all creative beings, and I think we've lost sight of that. That's one you know missing link. When you don't, when you're not able to express in a creative way, you're going to express in a different way, and it lands up usually being a negative way. Whether it's again through substance abuse or sex or you know, gambling or, or or there's some other you know other way that we're going to express right because we haven't we haven't released you know emotion and, and thought and whatnot through you know a, a creative means. So I think the create the creativity for me has been the biggest one that I've learned is such an important piece and in the age of. You know, information and, 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 you know, this digital world we're living in now more than ever since COVID hit is like a, a huge opportunity to to be creative. And it doesn't have to be through the digital. I mean, creativity could be simply just, you know, just drawing or writing or, you know what I mean? Just like little things that kind of just get your mind, you know, uh, out, out of the... the of thinking mind and just kind of like in that present moment by just like doing something that you might be passionate about and love you know what i mean i think that's an, a lost art you know i'm really focused on that with my children creativity but also like i think you know when you talk about plant medicine they're, they're amazing you know tools and they help so much but the, the you know the, the bigger piece of that is is we as human beings have to do the work so again it's like you know yoga is a pretty overused term and i know most people think of like yoga as just physical exercise but there's so much more to, to yoga than that and i think the the physical body and the physical component is almost like the gravy i think like understanding meditation has been a huge tool for me um that you know again is is slowly becoming more accepting and accepted um but it's misunderstood, You know what I mean? I hear a lot of people, it's like, well, I, I just can't sit still and, and, and still my mind. Well, you know, that's why it's a practice, right? That's why we need to tap into that in the thinking mind and, and kind of just being. And, and one of the biggest lessons that I teach in mindfulness is like trying to get out of the thinking mind and into like the present and the feeling mind, you know, just, just, the, just be, just be, just be. And that's something people can do for free. You know, it doesn't cost anything to sit still and, and, and again, just kind of observe the thought, let it go, observe the thought, let it go. But I think as athletes, we've been so conditioned to be these physical specimens. I think everyone's mastered the physical component more than enough, right? But Uh what we lack is is spirit and the mind, And you know what I mean? Being able to control the mind because the fact that you can observe your thoughts shows you that you're not the mind. We have a physical body that has a mind. Uh But, you know, again, getting to – well, we have to nourish that. And then it kind of all comes under the umbrella of self-love all these pieces you know the creativity and the meditation and the mindful movement and nutrition and the plant medicine it's it's about self-love you know everyone talks about love every spiritual text talks about love it's misunderstood what that is you know i mean i think a lot of people think it's just like loving someone else but there has to be the element of self-love self-care and i think when you're Able to take care of yourself, you're able to take care of others. You're able to, you know, exude that message and that energy mm-hmm. into the world and, and help guide people. But if you can't take care of yourself and you can't love yourself, it's hard to be a leader. It's hard to be a really, you know, you know, a pioneer in anything because it's kind of soulless. You know, what I mean, not too many people will follow it. Um, mm-hmm. So. But that's for everybody, whether you're an athlete or not. And I think again, you go look at the mental health crisis, and you look at the suicide rate, and you know this this world we're living in is dark. And I think it always goes back to a lack of connection, a lack of connection to yourself, that love I'm talking about, the creativity. It's just like if we're creative beings, it's just like connection to meditation and the seat and and, and the whole bit and to our diet. know there's a lot of components here I'm talking about, but you know for. For anybody, you know, athletes specifically that are, you know, trying to transition, I mean, we have to learn how to control our minds. You know, that's mm-hmm. meditation. Creation, yeah. You know, creation, building, you know, focus on building and growing as opposed to, like, you know, dwelling on our past. You know I mean? I look at my past and it's like, yes, I reflected on it and know and, and I could have done a way better job. I could have, you know, I could have, I could have extended my career if I'd been more mindful. I could have been a better athlete if I'd have been more mindful of a, you know, a functional hockey trainer. And the whole bit, but like shoulda, woulda, coulda. We're here in the moment, and now we gotta, we gotta live, we gotta grow. So it's again, it's it's feeding the spirit. It's doing things that I think what's make really, in,
0: I think what's really important. Sorry to cut you off. That that I'm getting from mm-hmm. you is the fact that you've taken these experiences instead of continuously looking at them and you know agonizing over them. You've taken them and 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 you said, okay, this is what I could have done better, and you're taking the positives and applying them to the future. You're saying yeah it's in the past but now I'm gonna focus on the future what can I do now what can I do going forward and how can I achieve a full balanced life knowing that before I didn't have that and what I hear from you is yoga and all these different solutions really help provide that that full circle solution for you where you are having a balanced life where now you are able to spend time with your kids you're able to be creative and it's giving you a sense of purpose every day You know and something that you talked about is having a creative outlet that can be different for everyone it doesn't have to be digital it could be whether you're painting it could be you know going out for a run it could be spending time with your kids and doing something like that there's so many different ways different avenues of and about being creative you have just a genuine creative spirit and if anyone that is following you they probably are very well aware of your latest endeavor and that is the podcast that you've taken on nasty knuckles You know, it's garnered a ton of attention. I got to ask you, how have you enjoyed that experience? Yeah, you know what? I've always wanted to kind of go back and use my platform in a a
3: different manner. And again, I have a ton of relationships in my network and the whole bit. And it was really nothing more than just, uh, you know, teaming up with one of my best friends, uh, Derek Sotomayor, a.k.a. Nasty. Mm
2: -hmm. and,
3: um, And, you know, tap into our network and just have fun with it, right? I mean, again, life has to be fun. Right mm-hmm. there has to be an element of fun. You can do both. You can do work and fun. Not everything is fun. I get it, but like having some fun. But but, but the what the angle was is not to sit there and and talk about numbers and you know and, and and stats and you know this and that. It was really to humanize the player because at the end of the day we're all human. Mm-hmm. We're all going through different things. Drop there it was our episode eleven with Chris Taryan, and you know, he talks about his his, his recovery. you I mean, he, he like he's ten years sober. He just launched. And opened his uh it's called Limitless Recovery Centers where now he's using his sports platform to help people with addiction in the Philadelphia area, right? Tri state area. Um, but just humanize it. You know, everyone thinks of these guys as like, you know, like if you're if you're outside looking in watching um you know, hockey or football, whatever sport it is, like you think these guys are like, you know, not human or something. Like they're they're above that. But <laughs> every single one of us, uh I can guarantee um has has struggles and challenges and darkness um so what w- what it was it's not just all around that it's just about humanizing the player and having some fun with it because that's another you know another pillar you mentioned the purpose you gotta have fun you got you gotta Enjoy life, you know. Joy, joy is, is something that you can cultivate within. You know, that doesn't it doesn't need to be um, goal oriented. It this just can be something that you curate. Um, so you gotta have fun with it. And um, you know, I'm using this not as like you know, like it's not in the moment. Anyways, uh, you know, um, you know, paying every single one of my bills, but it's a good marketing tool for some of these other projects that I got going on. Yeah, and, and I'm having fun with it. You know what I mean? For the amount of you know work i'm putting into it and then the reward coming out of it it seems like a good use of my time again reconnecting with fellow te- you know, teammates and, and friends and, and kind of staying in that hockey community and we're on the philly area to start you know really kind of maximizing the philadelphia flyer relationships and as we grow we'll, we'll build out from there but um it's been fun so far for sure you know it's, uh, just having honest conversations um you know you are not worried about a corporate umbrella to- you know worrying about talking about things open Mm -hmm. which is important to be open um and you know and just getting having fun with it is, is, is the
0: key you know we talked about how today's world has changed the landscape has continued to push forward cannabis is slowly getting accepted and policy will start to provide for legal acceptance across the u.s in the near future with so much changing you know the tools that you have used as well as a lot of others are incredibly powerful Uh, and you've done a great job identifying how to use it how to leverage it in the right way how to amplify your voice and amplify the movement in order to push other athletes in the right direction we're seeing an opportunity to shift the perception right Uh, I want to know where would you like to see the cannabis and sports playing field in the next two to five years
3: well definitely um, where it's fully accepted whether or not drug testing it for it anymore you know that's a big one uh, the NFL has changed their stance on that the NHL even though it's still a banned substance they're not exactly penalizing anybody for just cannabis but it's still sending the wrong message so in my opinion remove the drug test you know what I mean and, and then not just remove the drug test this is where it comes in like the infrastructure of the organization and the league
2: mm-hmm. is that
3: like this should frontline, you know, defense for inflammation and sleep, you know, instead of being prescribed an ambient on a plane, you know, after a game or on the bus, you mm-hmm. should be, you know, should be passing out CBD or every, every guy should have their own, you know, uh, tincture or whatever else, uh, on, on the bus or on the plane. I mean, that should be, that should be from the top down and, and then and only then, um, will you have, you know, let say overall healthy, health. Health, con- full health-conscious uh, players and and staff within the organization. Um, so we removed the drug test. You know, it's not a ban should not be a banned substance. I understand it's political. You know, I think the, the, the international border complicates things for travel and whatnot, at least for the year now. So that's really, I, I think, like the, the the biggest challenge for especially the NHL. Um, you know, considering Canada is legal and the U.S. is not, is like how do we how do we allow this for half of our teams and not the other half? So there's some, there's some work to be, to be done politically for sure. Um, but, as, you know, I said two to five years, um, that every, lo- every locker room, you know, is using c- CBD in, in different forms, right? You got transdermal patches. Like I said, you know, a massage therapist will be using, you know, CBD, um, you know, topicals as these guys get flushed out. And again, just understanding inflammation alone is that these guys should be making smoothies with, you know, with CBD and, and whatnot. Uh, and then again, the brain, it's like, I think there's a whole other dimension yet as far as uh, treating concussions, you know, protocols around concussions. And, and there's been some studies out of Israel, you know, saying that if you have you know, cannabinoids, specifically CBD uh, in your system and protecting your brain before you actually get your bell rung and have some sort of uh, concussion or TBI, that you can actually reduce, the, the you know the reco- the recovery time on it whether it's a four weeker to maybe a two weeker or if it's a two weeker maybe to a day to day or whatnot but what, what what the point being is that you can actually protect the brain from the inside out
2: mm-hmm. and
3: that conversation is really not not being had it's always about pain inflammation sleep um, but then again the, the the brain is kind of left out and it's, it's an amazing anti-inflammatory uh, component for for brain again the U S government holds a patent on these cannabinoids as neuroprotectants, so um, there's enough information out there to at least dive in but I, I still think it's a little bit political and you know there's always everyone's coming up with the next newest thing that's going to solve the concussion issue and um, i think we're we're just kind of like overlooking something that's i'm not saying that it's you know going to solve every concussion problem but it's a good tool to administer and, and have part um you know integrated into the the, the concussion recovery protocols so I think that one's more probably on the on the latter end of that five years, you know. I think pain, inflammation in the locker room, you know, roll-on type of stuff, and, then, mm-hmm. you know, inflammatory sleep stuff, I think that's, you know, not too far off.
0: Yeah, you know, cannabis is progressing, and athletes are able to join the movement today. It's become a bit of a team effort, you know, really ushering the conversation into the right direction. So for anyone that is listening to today's conversation – um, and they're looking to follow in your footsteps. What piece of advice could you give to them?
3: Well, I think the challenge, the biggest challenge is is being able to change the way you think. you know, I think um, again, we're so we're so conditioned to think a certain way. Society's kind of molded the way we think. And you know for me, it was kind of being an outlaw, right? it was it was going against the grain. It was using cannabis when I was told not to, and you know, exploring myself. And I think we're at a point way beyond that now. Um, cause the education and, you know, the information is kind of surface level, but nonetheless, it's like, there has to be, I mean, this is my opinion, uh, you know, trusting mother nature, right? We got to mm-hmm. kind of get back to our roots and reconnect, you know, and, um, but, um, you know, do your research, you know, read both sides of it. You know, I think now there's more and more, um, you know, information and science that to back what people like us have been you know saying and thinking for years, um, but I think at some point in your life you got to get a little bit uncomfortable and you got to take like a leap of a leap of faith and obviously it's, it's life is risky you know it's but it's it's kind of juggling the 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 risk versus the reward what are we trying to accomplish and and what are we what are we exploring to use to accomplish that and then being honest with that you got to be honest right and, and I think I know my my answer here is is kind of all over the place and and, and somewhat complicated but it's like Believe, believe in what you probably already know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's again going back to and and, and kind of trusting that. But uh, um, we 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 have to sometimes challenge the system. And I think people in the cannabis space have done that for for 90 years, 90 plus years. In the last maybe 20 years, it's been very obvious that you know if you want better, if you want change. You gotta go against the grain sometimes and think a little bit different.
0: Thank you, Riley Cote, for joining us on Sports Cannabis today. Follow him on Instagram, Riley Cote 32 To keep up with his lace initiatives, Body Check Wellness, Nasty Knuckles podcast, and tons of incredible content, we highly recommend a follow, like, and auto-subscribe thank you for joining us on sports cannabis follow us on all of our channels as well as instagram and linkedin at sports cannabis for the latest updates our next interview will be incredible we have another legendary cannabis athlete joining us and it's an interview you will not want to miss make sure you like subscribe and follow us everywhere stay safe and be well thank you so much for your support sports cannabis family and remember to hashtag sports cannabis in all of your workouts and videos let's build the community together